0: If you have your Bibles turn with us to the book of Jeremiah chapter 1. We're going to look in verses 4 through 8. And before you start questioning why are we there, you just stick with me. It is Father's Day. And uh, and I know some of you may be assuming what well, a message isn't going to con- ain't going to concern fathers, but it it will. There are some lessons in this passage I would hope that we fathers Gain, And if we don't, if we have passed fatherhood and we are, well, we never pass fatherhood. But if our children are grown and we have grandchildren, we need to learn to truly apply this even also with our grandchildren. Uh, and as you're turning there, three-year-old Tyler, he felt secure in his dad's arms. As dad was standing in the middle of their pool. But for fun, dad done what dads a do. He started slowly walking toward the deep end of the pool. While at the same time speaking to his three-year-old, it's getting deeper, it's getting deeper, it's getting deeper. Dad felt Tyler just squeeze him a little tighter as he began to, to, to panic a little bit because he knew he was going deeper into the water. Now, of course, dad could touch the bottom of the pool. And he could have went much further and still been at the bottom of the pool when Tyler had been fine. But Tyler, what he didn't know, had he been able to analyze this situation, he probably wouldn't have panicked any. But what he didn't know is that, that no matter what depth they were in, He was secure. Now, if he had been left alone to himself, he would have drowned in the most shallow end of the pool. But he was in daddy's arms. He had daddy there to help him. So no matter where he was at, there was dad that he was depending on in this pool. You know, Tyler's dad at this moment was investing in his son. He was trying to help his son conquer a fear of the deep end of the pool. He was investing in his son. And today, as we look at today's text, I hope we understand that there are principles in this text from God that helps us become more invested as fathers with our children. If it doesn't help us become more invested, it should help us to be aware of the need to be more invested with our sons and daughters. The Bible tells us in verse 4, chapter 1 of the book of Jeremiah, then the word of the Lord came to me saying, before I formed you in the womb, I knew you. Before you were born, I sanctified you. I ordained you a prophet to the nations. Then I... Then said I, O Lord God, behold, I cannot speak, for I am a youth. But the Lord said to me, do not say, I am a youth, for you shall go to all to whom I send you. And whatever I command you, you shall speak. Do not be afraid of their faces, for I am with you to deliver you, says the Lord. This is God's holy word. God, we thank you. For the assurance that you are with us. That whatever you lead us to do, God, you are with us. For God, when we didn't know how to be fathers, you've been with us. God, when we mess up as fathers, you are with us. So God, we pray that your ever-presence would always be with us in this life. For God, we need you. We can't be fathers, the fathers you would have us to be, without you in our lives thank you for the investment that you have made in us help us god to invest in our own children in a way god that would give you glory and magnify your son now god speak to each heart that's here for those who are fathers who love you and know you through your son jesus christ god encourage them this day and for those who do not know you through your son jesus christ convict them help them see their need for a savior Help them to realize Jesus is the Savior of the world and that you are calling them. And we'll praise you for all that's accomplished. In Jesus' holy name we pray. Amen. Now, this is a very familiar text. And whenever we cover this text, this particular text, it's always assumed that the message is going to center around the call of God in our lives. This text, what it does is it opens for us a picture of God's call to Jeremiah to become a prophet to God's people. Jeremiah was the son of Hilkiah, a priest. And being the son of a priest, this would mean that Jeremiah would become a priest himself. So it would seem that Jeremiah's life had already been planned out. He, his preparation had led him to this place in time. Many scholars believe that when this take, takes place in Jeremiah's life, it's right about the time he is about to take on his priestly duties. This will suggest that Jeremiah is probably close to 20 years of age. As we know, God... He had other plans for Jeremiah. God had, his plans did not include Jeremiah being a priest. Instead, his plan called for Jeremiah to be a prophet to the people. So now Jeremiah is no longer learning from his earthly dad. He would be learning from his heavenly father. And learning from our Heavenly Father in this text, we need to notice what it is to be an invested Father. And what we see in this text are two things that I, or three things that I want us to really glean as we leave this place today. And the first is our kids need our acknowledgement, God acknowledges His place. In Jeremiah's life, right here in this text. Four times God says what He has done in Jeremiah's life. He said, I formed you, I knew you, I sanctified you, I ordained you. What God makes evident here is that He has an intimate knowledge of Jeremiah. God knew everything about Jeremiah. He knew his dislikes and his likes. He knew his strengths and his weaknesses. He knew his courage and his vulnerability. He knew his character, his integrity, his morality. He knew his work ethic, his beliefs, his dreams, his aspirations. He knew his hurts and his pains, his sensitivity, and everything else about Jeremiah that I haven't mentioned. He knew. God acknowledges His place in Jeremiah's life. God didn't just know Jeremiah. He set Jeremiah apart. You know the Bible says here he sanctified him. He set him apart for this call. Jeremiah's lineage would say that he was to be a priest. But God set him apart to be something different. Something more demanding. He set him apart for something more challenging. He would be a prophet to God's people. God didn't just know Jeremiah. He didn't just set him apart, but he appointed him to be a prophet. In other words, the Bible says that he ordained him. So he appointed for this to take place in Jeremiah's life. He knew everything about Jeremiah and in spite of Jeremiah, he still appointed him, ordained him to be a prophet to the nations. You may ask what nations? Well, we understand the nations of Judah and Israel were the one in context right here. And God acknowledged his intimate knowledge of Jeremiah. You know, he knows every one of us. Don't you glad that God knows everything about us? There is nothing he doesn't know. Just like Jeremiah, he knows our good, he knows our bad. And in spite of that, he still loves us. You know, we often will say, and I've said this before, that that we'll say, well, God knows my heart. You better believe he knows your heart. And it ought to bring some sense of anxiety toward you that he knows the corruptedness of your heart. He knows every evil thought that goes through your mind. He knows every pleasant thought that goes through your mind. He knows every evil deed that you do and everything that you do well. He knows everything that you would do. And he knows everything you would not do. And he still loves you. He still loves you. You know, he knows us every, he knows every detail of our lives. Luke 12, 6 through 7, it says, Are you five, are not five sparrows sold for two copper coins? And not one of them is forgotten before God. But the very head on your, the very hair on your head is Numbered. Some of you, that's easier than others. Do not fear. Therefore, you are more value. You are of more value than the sparrows. Here, God acknowledges to him his value. And he acknowledges to us our value to him. He knows everything about us. You know, the McCrae's said it this way. In case you are just wondering what I'm trying to say. They said it this way, he counts the stars one and all. He knows how much sand is on the shores. He sees every sparrow that falls. He made the mountains and the seas. He's in control of everything, of all creatures, great and small. And he knows my name. Every step that I take, every move that I make, every tear that I cry, he knows my name. When I'm overwhelmed by the pain and can't see the light of day, I know I'll be just fine. Because he knows my name. Aren't you glad he knows your name? Somebody ought to be shouting today, he knows my name. He knows every detail of my life. Listen, the principle we have to get here, fathers, is this, that we must acknowledge our place in the lives of our kids yes I'm sure every father here today is well aware we understand that we must be protector and provider for our families but our kids need us for more than that they need our investment in their lives they need to know that we care about their dreams and their goals as fathers it becomes our responsibility to encourage them to work and to prepare to reach their goals yes kids need to hear from us they need to hear God's word declared to them from us. They need to hear Philippians 4 and 13 that I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. It's our duty to let, to not let obstacles get in their way and hinder them from reaching their goals. We must never encourage our children to settle. Instead we should stress for them the need to, to remember Colossians 3 and 23 which says whatever you do, do, it heartily as to the Lord and not to men. Give it your all in this life. As a matter of fact, we have the responsibility to help our kids understand when they set goals that are just too low. We must encourage them to increase those goals. We should always be encouraging our kids to reach their full kingdom potential. And to do this, we must know what our kids are capable of. And and the only way we can know what they're capable of is to invest in their lives. And one of the greatest ways you can invest in their lives is by being this visible example for them by living our lives, trusting God's word, and not settling, but seeking to reach our own full kingdom potential. When, the, when our kids see this, we, they may have more education than us, and that's okay, but if they see that we're doing the very best that we can to fulfill our obligations and to be the very best that we can be, then they acknowledge that and it'll rub off. I'm capable of doing a little more. So I'm going to make sure I do that. It'll happen in our kids' lives. Now listen, I haven't figured all of this out. I, I've, I've messed up. I'm, I'm preaching to myself. It is our responsibility to set the example for our kids. Why is this so important? Because our kids are going to be faced with many challenges. And from time to time, our kids are going to face some level of anxiety. Look there in, 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 this, in this passage. right there in verse six, we see Jeremiah's level of anxiety. You know what anxiety is? Anxiety is a feeling of nervousness or unease. It typically comes from, uh, come about from, a pro- from an approaching event or something with an uncertain outcome. And it appears really, this is how Jeremiah felt when God told him that he, had, he knew him, he formed him, he, he sanctified him and ordained him to be a prophet. Jeremiah had some anxiety about this. Look there, he says, and then I said, then said I, ah, oh, Lord God, behold, I cannot speak for I'm a youth. That anxiety of not being able to fulfill this duty, it was rising up in Jeremiah being a prophet to the nations came with great responsibility and jeremiah just wasn't sure he was up for the task jeremiah understood he was a living he was living in very tumultuous times he understood that people had forsaken the commandments of god and and sought to live out their lives in the way that they thought was right in their own eyes and jeremiah knew that serving as a prophet to the nations would prove to be a monumental task i'm talking about calling a hard-headed, stiff-necked people to repentance it could very well come at a great cost to Jeremiah folks this shouldn't be striking to us it shouldn't be strikingly new to us the scriptures are filled with men that God calls who were who experienced anxiety over the call that God had upon their lives look at Moses Just for one example, I could name several, but we're going to look at Moses just briefly. He gave five excuses as why he should not go to Egypt to to tell Pharaoh to let God's people go. In chapter 3, verse 11, Moses asked... Who am I that I should go to Pharaoh, that I should bring the children of Israel out of Egypt? In verse 13, Moses questioned God, asking if they asked for the name of the God of their fathers, what shall I say? In in chapter 4, in verse 1, Moses asked, why did the people of Israel will not believe me or will not listen to me? In in, in verse 10, Moses, uh, uh, again, he cries out to God, saying that I'm not eloquent in speech and and I, I can't go before them and in verse 13 Moses pleads that once again Lord just send someone else he was so filled with anxiety that he didn't want to do what God was calling him to do Fathers, we can be sure our kids, small or grown, will be faced with anxiety from time to time. This world has a way of just beating us down. And this world has a way of producing fear in us that we didn't know it even existed. The world, with all its ups and its downs, can it produce an anxiety Anxiety in the very best of us? You know, there's a couple guys I know. That seem to be on the same even keel all the time. I've never seen them upset, or I've never seen them, uh, or low in spirit. And but I, I got enough sense to understand this. That even those guys, you know, Brother Kip seems to be one of those. But I'm sure if I sat with Miss Miss Sandra long enough, or sat with Miss Flora long enough, they could tell me that there are moments in his life when he just gets anxious about things that he doesn't like the way things are going. You know, I. That's. That's this life we're living in. And sometimes our kids, fathers, they're going to feel inadequate and unprepared and incapable to handle what life throws at them. And it becomes our responsibility to be there for them. Not necessarily to take over and do it for them. But to set them at ease. By reminding them that we're going to be there with them and for them no matter what it takes. We are the ones that our kids are looking forward to share with them that life isn't going to consume you. I won't let it. Our kids face anxiety and they need fathers who are invested in their lives. So the truth is this: they need our kids need our assurance. What I mean by this... Is that as Jeremiah's anxiety rises, God tells him, do not say, I am a youth. In other words, he's saying, leave the, leave the excuses at home. I don't need them right now. I told you. I knew you. I formed you. He was so invested in Jeremiah's life. He tells him, he said, don't even say it, Jeremiah. I know what's on your mind. I know what's on your heart. Don't even say it. For you're going to go out wherever I send you and you're going to do whatever I command you and you're going to say whatever I say, speak. Do not be afraid of their faces for I will be with you to deliver you from them. (laughs) Oh, I like the way the scripture ends that in verse 8. It says, says the Lord. At this very moment, Jeremiah has no need to be afraid any longer. The Lord declared that he would be with him. Seems that Jeremiah really trusts the promises of God. You know, we can trust the promises of God. Second Corinthians 1 and 20 says, For all the promises of God in him are yes and in him, amen, to the glory of God through us. Hebrews 6 and 18 tells us that it's impossible for God to lie. Titus 1 and 2 tells us that God cannot lie. So when God told Jeremiah that he would be with him, Jeremiah was able to take him at his word. God is always faithful to his word. You know, fathers, our children should be able to take us at our word. I, I remember before I began pastoring, I had just started preaching. I was talking with a, a pastor, a friend of mine, and, and we were talking about church work. And, and he shared that, you know, people people will surprise you. He said, sometimes they really surprise you when it comes to their kids. I was curious as to where he was going with this. And he he recalled an instance when he was in his office one Sunday morning. And he was having trouble focusing while trying to review the message before he went out to preach God's word to his people. Because everything, he would keep hearing these pitter patter running right down the hallway by his office. This little child, probably two years old, just running, running by his office back and forth, back and forth. Back and forth. But that wasn't what was distracting him. What was distracting him was that parent coming behind the child. If you don't stop, I'm going to whip you. If you don't stop, I'm going to whip you. If you don't stop, I'm going to whip you. That child never got a whipping. That child stopped when it got tired. And this, this sort of troubled him. It troubled him because he realized this child knows that that parent will lie to him. So if he knew as a child, if this child knew that mama or daddy will lie to me, why do you suppose he thought we need to become an adult? Because by now, I've been here 19 years. This is before I come here, almost 19. This is before I come here, at least two, three years before. So why do you suppose this young adult thinks about mama or daddy's word? The question is, do you think their word brings them much comfort in their time of needing comfort and assurance? Here's the truth. Kids need to know that they can trust the word of their fathers. If you tell them you will be at their games you need to make every effort possible to be at their games. If you tell them that you're going to be at their graduations, you make every effort possible to be at their graduations. Whatever you tell them you will do, they're watching to see if you will do it. I know what's going through my daughter's mind right now. Because what's going through her mind is I've made a promise to her when she was a child that I'd take her to Disney and I haven't taken her yet. But we did promise we'd take her would take her uh, for graduating uh, college, um, this master's program. Am I right, Taylor? That was on your mind, weren't it? Yeah. <laughs> I promised her that as a child, and I hadn't fulfilled it, and she's an adult. She's 28 years old almost, and she remembers that. Our kids remember what we tell them. Kids are paying attention when they tell you they, that you, when you tell them that you love their mother they 're going to watch to see how you treat their mother. When you tell them that you love them they 're going to trust your love by gauging it by how you make them feel about themselves. Your kids should know what to expect from you is what i 'm saying fathers because we Because you've invested in their lives. Listen, no child, no teenager, no young adult is perfect. And you can do the very best in raising them, and they're still going to do things that are disappointing. I get it. You know what? We're going to disappoint them at our very best because there's no father other than God the Father who is perfect. But that can't be an excuse for us not investing in our kids. I'm convinced that the more we invest in our kids, the more it will show when they find themselves in situations where they have to choose between doing what's right and doing what's wrong. We must ask, will their fear of us play a part in their decision? Now, I'm not talking about will they be afraid of the consequences. That's not what I'm talking about. What I'm talking about, will they have a fear that where they know their heart will break when they realize they've broken our heart? That's what we should be concerned about as fathers. It took me a while to gain this, to gain this information. that where It's not about Taylor being afraid of the consequences I give, but she ought to be afraid of how she feels when she realizes she's broke my heart. And if I've invested in her life properly, times we get it right dads there are times we get it right there are times we don't and life happens it happens but there are times when they should have certain decisions coming before them that they're thinking it will kill me to see daddy's face if he finds out what i might do That's the fear. You know what? That's the fear God wants us to have of him. God doesn't want us to be afraid of punishment. He's already nailed our sin to the cross. He's forgiven us of our sin. Jesus has paid the penalty of our sin and I don't have to pay the penalty of my sin. But what stops me from doing some of the things my flesh wants to do is that I know it'll bust the heart of God and I can't hardly live with that after what he's done for me. That's what God wants from his children. He wants us to be afraid of what it'll do to us to know that what he's been through for us, that we would break his heart. Fathers, here's truth. Before we can expect this behavior from our kids... (laughs) We must recognize that God has invested in us. He loved us so much that seeing us as slaves to sin, he sent his only begotten son to this sin-cursed world to give of himself a ransom for our sin. He invested in us so that Jesus took the penalty of our sin and placed it upon his own shoulders. Christ bore our penalty. God invested in us so that he turned his back upon his own son so that he could look at us and never turn his back upon us. As they're preparing this invitation, he has called us who were Christian fathers to salvation. And those who are not born again right now, he is calling you to know Jesus as your Savior. As every head is bowed and every eye is closed. I want you to know this, Father. If you're hearing you don't know Jesus as Savior, if you're willing to admit that you are a sinner and in need of a Savior and believe that Jesus is the Savior of the world, That he, his finished work on the cross is true. And if you are willing to confess him as your Lord and Savior today, this Father's Day, 2023, he will acknowledge you as his own. And he will invest in you by sending his Holy Spirit to abide within you to give you assurance That he will never leave you. And he will never forsake you. He wants. He desires. He already has invested in you. He wants to continue. To invest in you. Are you willing right now. To call upon the name of the Lord. And be saved. If you desire to be the best. Father that you can be to your kids whether they're grown, whether they're young, then surrender your life to Jesus Christ and receive him as your Lord and Savior today. Commit to following his way and he will help you be the father that your child or your children need in their lives. Will you today? As they sing this song of invitation, If you're willing to admit who you are and believe who Jesus is and confess Jesus as Lord and Savior, would you come today?